Hello, hello. Good morning to you all. Glad that you're here. Um, yeah, we're doing a fun Q&A Sunday uh, this morning. Can we say thank you to Anna and Luke and Eddie uh, for their worship leadership? Thank you all very much. Yeah, so um, I'm excited for this, and uh, I think Dennis is going to share a little bit before we jump in uh, to our actual Q&A time, but I just want to give you plenty of time to emotionally prepare for asking questions. And I got Brandon Snow over here. Brandon, if you'll raise your hand just so everyone can see him. One of our elders, he's got a microphone, so he'll be a runner. So if you're interested in asking a question, just throw your hands up, and then Brandon will get that to you. But I'll throw it over to Dennis to kind of start us off. Yeah, thanks, great to be with you this morning. Um, today's Father's Day, and I, I just thought as we transition from worship into the Q&A, it would be just a, 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 an opportunity for us to bless our dads. So what I thought we'd do is just have the dads stand, and um, for those of us who are around them, just maybe uh, put your arms toward them, whatever, but I just want to I just want to bless them. Uh, yeah, so go ahead. Go ahead, guys. I know you don't like to be in the limelight. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's just, uh, yeah, lean in towards them. And, um, you know, fatherhood is uh, such, an, uh, such a challenging call. The prophet Malachi uh, prayed that um, the prophet would come who would turn the hearts of the fathers towards the children and the hearts of the children towards the fathers. And that's really my heart and my prayer um, for the dads today, that as they walk in the power of Jesus Christ and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, they would more and more and more emulate the good, good father that we all serve and that we all love. So, uh, Lord, I just bless uh, the fathers today who are here and those online. I just bless you that you would have a, a life characterized by the, the love of Jesus, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in those dark moments, like we just sang, that you would still bless the Lord, that you would uh, continue to die to self when the world's uh, challenges and your family's priorities and your work just seem overwhelming. I'm just asking for... Uh, capacity. I'm asking for patience. I'm asking for strength with all power according to the glorious might of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just thank you for being the dads uh, that you are, that are influencing generations uh, for the glory of God. We just bless you, dads. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, dads. Carry Amen. on, man. Carry on. All right. Okay, so uh, in the month of June, we've been looking through four of our priorities. Uh, as a church family, the elders and staff met, this would have been a year and a half ago, praying, seeking the Lord. And so the, we're taking the month of June to look at those four, four priorities. Uh, the first Sunday in June, we looked at one of those priorities, which was gifted and going for it, which is a priority of wanting to see the entire body equipped in spiritual gifts to use their gifts both for the sake of the body, but also for the sake of the advancement of the kingdom of God. The second priority that we looked at, which was last Sunday, Raz led us in a time of, of a worship experience. That priority is to seek the face of God, to intentionally seek God's face. That we're crying out to him saying, show us your glory, show us who you are. Today, we're looking at a third priority, which is to lead open-handed, so as individuals, as families, as a church family, we want to lead open-handed. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in a second. And then uh, next Sunday, um, which will be our last Sunday in June, the uh, priority that we're looking at is who's next? Who's next? And that priority is communicating that we as a church family, we want to be the kinds of people that are always developing others around us. And that priority really came out of this process that Dennis and this church family said, we want to develop leadership. We want, we want to have a succession plan rather than Dennis leaves. A lot of churches, you know that a pastor will just leave 
And then a church just kind of sits around, well, I guess we've got to get a committee together and find somebody. But rather, this church is saying we want to actually develop and have transition and leadership development and succession as a part of our church family. And as Dennis and I were reading a book called Next by William Vanderblumen, we realized this isn't just about senior leadership transition, but it's about an entire church family that is looking. If you're doing something in the church, you should be looking, who can I raise up to do what I'm doing with me? Does that make sense? So we'll look at that next Sunday. It'll be Dennis's last Sunday, and it's literally a picture of who's next. Who's next? Jamie's next. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because in reading that book, it forced in me, and I've said this before, it forced in me to say, this isn't about Dennis to Jamie. This is actually, the kingdom is about Dennis to Jamie to the third to the fourth. And that our job is to develop our kids and our students so that we have a third pastor, a fourth pastor, and a fifth pastor here at this church. So um, that's that culture that we're going after, is succession, development, uh, and cultivation of our folks. So what are we doing here? Why are we doing Q&A? We had some of our prophetic folks, again, one of our priorities, looking at spiritual gifts, equipping in spiritual gifts. Some of our prophetic folks saw a picture, and the picture was this. There was a bridge, and on one side of the bridge is Dennis leading Marymount Church, and on the other side of the bridge is Jamie leading Marymount Church. And the prophetic folks were seeing this vision and saying, it's important that we all as a church family, that Dennis and Jamie take everybody by the hand and walk across the bridge together and give opportunity for the entire family to ask any questions that they want to ask, to, to express concerns or thoughts or questions that you may have so that we as an entire church family get to walk across this bridge together. So that's the purpose of this is just provide opportunity to ask questions. Um, and <laughs> our priority here that we're looking at is to lead open-handed. And in normal church cultures, Dennis knows this, I know this, many of you know this, in normal church cultures, you never have an open mic because you never know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> in fact, you can't control an open mic situation. But that's what leading open-handed is, is that we're trusting the Lord. He said, do a Q&A time. We said, Okay. That's what we're going to do. So um, I'm just kind of setting the table so you kind of know why we're doing this, what we're doing. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more in a little bit. But um, be thinking about what questions you want to ask either of Dennis or myself about the transition, their plans, any of those things we'll talk through uh, during this time together. So. Amen. Yeah. Does anybody have a question? I think Jamie's got a couple. We can, oh, we got a question. Excellent. Very good. Hey, Dennis and Marianne. I um, actually just want to hear from you and uh, even Marianne, if she wants to put a few words there. Um, what are your plans? How, where do you see yourself in three months, six months, a year? Uh, and I guess we all got curious to know when you're coming back. What are you going to do when you come back in this church? Are you going to be still you know, participant, what is your role going to be, you know, just, I thought that everybody will want to know that. Yeah, all right, thank you, Judy. Well, um, so first of all, we are starting with a six-month sabbatical, and as we prayed about the sabbatical, um, we wanted it to involve some deep work. We wanted it to involve uh, depth, and uh, so we came up with four chunks that we want to work on during the six months. The first is to reconnect with our family since uh, it's been very difficult to go back and forth to Canada with the border mm -hmm. closed. And so July will be devoted mostly to family. And um, uh, Marianne's mother, I think most of you know this, passed away on March 3rd. So at the end of July or the first weekend in August, we're going to uh, have her homegoing service up in Comber, Ontario, which is where uh, Marianne was born and grew up. Uh, then uh, in August and September, we're going to walk the Camino de Santiago, Lord willing. That's a 500-mile pilgrimage journey from the uh, southwest uh, corner of France across the top of Spain. 
And um, it is an ancient Catholic pilgrimage trek of, uh, where apparently the Apostle James, the older, older brother of John, the Sons of Thunder, part one, is buried. And so they've, they've got a pilgrimage journey there. So we're hoping to um, have good exercise, good community with the 200,000 people who do that every year. And Marianne has been uh, really sensing the Lord's uh, direction on uh, evangelism and being more bold in her faith. And she's been equip being equipped over the last six months with Jill and others in a small group. So she wants to put all that into practice. And um, so that will be the second chunk. And it'll be physically demanding and we hope spiritually enriching. Uh, the third chunk will be to go to Turkey, Greece, and Israel to work on the trips that we do over there. So we're con hoping to continue to do a Israel trip every year. And uh, we have some things we want to do better there. So we're going to spend some time in Israel. Uh, and then we also want to take a trip next year uh, to trace the footsteps of Paul through Turkey and Greece and his missionary journeys. So that involves, we, we went there last year. So that involves just going back through and figuring out the best way to do that. Uh, with the goals we have in mind of, of really encouraging leaders uh, to experience the transformation that Paul experienced during his missionary journeys. And then the fourth chunk is to rest, and um, I'm uh, hoping to do some writing, and Marianne is hoping to read many, many books she's had on her list to read for November and December, and that will be kind of the rest sequence, and then we will come back uh, we will, our last Sunday will be next Sunday, and then our next time worshiping with you will be Christmas Eve, uh, Lord willing, if he doesn't come back before then. So that's, that's our <laughs> sabbatical plan, and then uh, thinking about after that, uh, we will be um, member, members of the congregation. Uh, we will continue to shepherd families. Uh, we will continue, but our, our main priority coming back, and what we see as the next season in our ministry uh, is uh, to bless the next generations. So we're going to be focused on making disciples. So that's going to be spending more time with people who are far from God, which you don't get to do very much when you're leading a church. Also, uh, discipling young men and young uh, women, uh, mothers, young dads, young moms. And also, I'll continue to disciple pastors in the city. And then uh, we will also continue with city ministry, which for me is the prayer canopy. And then uh, for me and Marianne is to encourage uh, other churches and other leaders in our city. And then finally, international ministry. So we're gonna be shifting from pastoral ministry to apostolic and evangelistic ministry. But we'll be anchored in this church uh, as long as um, you all wanna have us, you know? So, yeah. Marianne, did, did I cover everything? Did you want to say anything about that? <laughs> okay. Hey, Dennis and Jamie. Um, I had a question about kind of the search for the next pastor. We're talking about who's next, and obviously we have a search out for a new pastor. Can you talk a little bit about that role and how you see that role being maybe different. Like Jamie, when we were kind of looking for your role, it was like someone to step in in the near term. How do you see this next pastor and kind of talk a little bit about what you're looking for and how that's going? Yeah. Um, so uh, that position that we're looking for really is focused in on students, specifically student ministry. Um, as you all know, um, and Katie Smith's over there. I just want to say hi to Katie. Can you all just wave at her and say hi to Katie? who leads our children's ministry. Uh, Katie and the children's ministry is killing it at this church. And there are a bunch of kiddos that are going to be students or in terms of middle school and high school students. So the focus on that position is someone to really step into that space and to provide leadership uh, when, our, when all these kiddos come out of sixth grade into seventh grade. So that really is the focus. Um, we are focused on leading open-handed. So... Um, whereas the transition, when, when Marymount Church was looking for my position, it was, a, it was intentional. 
We are looking for someone who could succeed Dennis in the next three to five years. Um, hopefully, I'm not gone in three to five years, so I don't know that it would be the exact same thing with that, that person's search, um, but certainly someone that we want to develop as a church family, bring into our church family, and to develop um, that, that could step into further roles in our church. But I think the goal would be for, for right now is shoring up and solidifying that seventh grade to senior in high school into college age, that window, that student window, to really lock that down um, in terms of leadership. Ever? Uh, well, we are searching for a new associate pastor. And I'm interested in hearing a little bit about how that's going and the purpose, and you've touched some on the, his job description, but where that's leading and where it stands. Yeah, so in terms of, in terms of status of the search that I was talking about, um, it's interesting. <clears throat> We started that search last fall, so it's taken time. Uh, we worked through Vanderblum and Search Group, which is the same group that, that uh, we used uh, searching for my position. Um, and the truth of the matter is, with COVID, with the great resignation that's happened in our culture, I don't know if you know about this, and a, there, is, there are less people wanting to serve on church staff than there are churches that are looking for positions, especially in that student window. So it's created, it's made this process a lot longer than we were expecting. So we're continuing that search, part of that narrowing it down to just students rather than some like a family pastor, but narrowing it down to students um, to uh, facilitate finding someone in that space. But it has forced us to lead open-handed. It has forced us to go, okay, the Lord is moving here in this place, and for whatever reason, the person that's supposed to be here isn't ready or we're not ready for them or something. So we're trusting the Lord that he knows what's happening. So uh, we're continuing that search and um, we're hoping that that search as the Lord leads will bring whoever uh, is supposed to be here. Does that make sense, Burr? Yeah. I, it's, it's a hard thing um, because churches all over the nation are struggling to find leaders. Somebody uh, fairly new out of seminary, uh, in age, like 20s, early 30s kind of thing? Yeah, actually open to anyone in, even in late college, out of college age, right in that window. Yep. Yep. So if you have connections, friends, absolutely, uh, we're, we're also talking to pastors and our network here in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. So... Um, first of all, I want to acknowledge the great job that the transition, the whole process has been very well executed, just beautiful, actually. Mm. So great job on that. Um, Jamie, I'm curious if you, I'm, I'm, you're, you're not Dennis, you're different. So are there some areas that you think you might want to lead the church that would be different than our current trajectory? Um, there aren't any areas specifically that I think, oh, we need to do something completely different. Like theologically, philosophically, Dennis and I are very, very similar, actually. Philosophically, theologically. We are very different dudes between the two of us in terms of communication style, uh, the way we think about things, and I think that's beautiful and it's good. So I would say that the primary change is not trajectory or philosophy, but the primary change, I think, is with regard to um, the intangible personality feel of a space. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, when you have senior, senior leaders shape cultures. Uh, and so we, we have a culture that's been highly shaped by Dennis, and I'm a different guy, and so I think it will, I think we're going to see shifting as, as a church culture um, in terms of vibe and, and um, um, sort of general feel. But in terms of philosophy, theology, anything like that, I'd say that we're pretty aligned and pretty much on the same page. That sound right? Yeah. No, that's right. Uh, you know, it's been interesting for me because I'm kind of more of the uh, father teacher type. He's more of the uh, prophet preacher type. You know, to to look at our gift, the differences in our gifts. So I I would you know I think that um, as he was just talking about the uh, 
the new youth pastor, I think one of the things uh, Jamie will shape is in discipling and training that person um, to bring, to bring uh, that energy and passion into our youth ministry that uh, I think will, uh, we, we're raising spiritual champions in the kids ministry now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, I, I, just, I just see us having, <clears throat> uh, you know, the, the youth of this whole area being impacted by Jamie's ministry. The other, the other thing about Jamie is he's, he's uh, writing, you know, he's writing books, and um, that's not something I've, I've felt led to do. Uh, I mentioned I hope to start doing some of that um, later on, but these, these books will have a reach and an impact uh, into our discipleship, so I, I'm excited about that. Um, the, the last thing I'll say is most churches uh, statistically uh, uh, require a change in leadership when the leader gets to be about my age. And, and many pastors stay longer and uh, absolutely 100% of the time those churches fade, statistically, like by the Vanderblumen studies. And I think that's because you, you, have, you have a generational design that God has given. He has given a generational design and the priests in the Old Testament, you know, retired or, or stopped serving directly at 50. And, and so the young, the newers could come and take their place of service. So I, I think there's a, there's a built-in uh, transition that hmm. God wants to do generationally. So I'm excited about that. So I'll echo what Kevin said because I was going to say something similar. I know I've said it to you, Dennis, a couple of times. I don't know that I've said it to you, Jamie, but in all the transitions I've seen in a number of different organizations and different types, I've never seen one done this well by mm. the top leadership. So you guys have, I know the Lord's led it. I know it hasn't been, um, I'm sure there have been hitches and little glitches and things along the way. But you guys have done it very, very, very well. Um, and you know, to the elders, too, who I know have supported you and, and your spouses and, and everyone in the church, it's been amazing to watch and amazing to be a part of it hmm. um, and not see an organization falling apart and hmm. a mess and in chaos. Hmm. It's far from that. So thank you very much, and thank you for following God's leading on that. Um, and then I do have a question, Jamie. Um, I know there are probably a lot of things that you're excited about going forward. Just can you share one that you're most excited about or one of the things? I think the thing I'm most excited about is, um, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, I took a two-week study break, um, and I visited like four different churches over those two Sundays that I was gone. And it's a good experience to visit other churches, other congregations, worship in other spaces. Um, but I walked away from those for experiences saying, I love being with this family and the presence of God here with this family is unique. And I believe the Lord is, is calling us as a church family to push in even harder towards experiencing him, to delighting in him, and him pouring out his presence more and more here. So that's what I'm most excited about is um, I, I love I love seeking God and experiencing God, but I'm realizing I love it even more experiencing God with church family. And there's something about a collective group that is hungry for more of the Father, Son, and Spirit and pushing in and pursuing Him with intentionality and hunger. That's what I'm excited about. And His response to that is what I'm really excited about. Can you, Dennis and Marianne, people have gone to you for the last 18 years and you're there and so available. And probably most of the people in it that have been here for a little while have been in community with you in that way and they have a, the need, a prayer need or a discipleship issue, something you guys are the go-to. Can you just explain what people should be doing specifically for the next six months with your sabbatical and then 
moving forward after that. All right, good practical question. Um, yeah, so first of all, let's just remind ourselves about our approach to shepherding the flock here, right? So we have, uh, we have uh, obviously our staff, we have our elders and the spouses of the elders, we have small group leaders, we have ministry team leaders. So uh, we have always encouraged that uh, all of these people should be, should be sought out kind of in that order. Like if you're on a ministry team and something comes up, <clears throat> you know, talk to your ministry team leader. If you're in a small group and something comes up and you need prayer, talk to them. And typically what ends up happening, and one of the reasons that me and Marianne have been able to be effective is we get texts all the time from our leaders saying, look into this person, their XYZ is happening. So we have appeared to be, uh, you know, very able and responsive, and, and that's because we've been part of a very coordinated team that has been helping us stay in touch with there's no way one pastor can do all of everything. There's no, there's no way. And Ephesians 4 <laughs> prohibits that. Mm -hmm. It says, don't do that. It says, equip everybody to be in the ministry. So um, whatever effectiveness we have had uh, has come from the Spirit and from the design of the team that we have here to shepherd the flock. Uh, so... As we are gone uh, for the next six months, that, that's actually deliberate. That's, a, that's something that we've been encouraged by various people that we've asked for feedback on this process. Uh, and it, what it does is it allows everybody to, to, re, to re-groove where they go for answers, where they go for, for needs and so forth. And um, so the short answer is, Keep doing what you've been doing, and you know the 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 staff and Jamie and Jane. You know I'm not your pastor anymore. Maybe that sounds really harsh, but let's just let's just say that I'm not your pastor anymore. Jamie is your pastor. Jamie is my pastor now. <laughs> so so uh, that that's that's going to happen, and then when we come back then we are going to be part of the body. And just as you guys have ministered to us, we're going to keep ministering. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to be on the prayer chain thing, and if there's a prayer request, we're going to know about it. Uh, if there's something going on, we're going to hopefully know about it, and we're going to, we're going to plug back in. The difference is going to be we're not going to be here every Sunday. There's going to be some Sundays where we're in other churches in Cincinnati. There's going to be some Sundays where we're traveling internationally or we're on a mission trip or something. So, uh, you know, we've been here uh, on average 48 Sundays a year, maybe 46 Sundays a year. And that's probably going to be, I don't know, I'll just take a wild guess, 30. So it's just going to feel different. Um, and especially if it's anything about the church and the way the church is going, do not ask us. Do not ask us. Because that puts us into the middle, or tries to put us into the middle of what's going on with leadership. And we, we won't have all that info. We won't have the whole perspective. So we're going to gently direct you to Jamie or one of the elders um, in that kind of situation. But... If, um, yeah, if you're having a barbecue and you want to invite us, if you need us to pray about something, we'd love to do that. So, does that sound about right, Marianne? Okay. Does that, does that get, answer all your question? Yeah, I think that does. And I, I think the, an important thing is you kind of went through the, kind of the chain of command, or not chain of command, but the chain of where people would go with, with a need. But, um, and I think that it, if, anyone here doesn't know if you don't know who your shepherding elder is um let's make sure that uh, you talk to somebody after service so we can say that you know because i think that would be also a really good place a good place for people to start to just know who their shepherding elder is and that is their can be one of their first contacts as well it's not just going to be jamie it's you know <laughs> jamie yep. and jess yep 
to wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Other things for next week. All right. Uh, I think this need was discussed before, but I need a reminder. So we don't have another pastor yet for the youth. But when and if that happens, how's that going to affect Raz and Julie's role, uh, current role? And also, I'm assuming Mark Symes' role is going to be similar, too. So I just wondered how this transition was going to affect them. Right. Yeah, good question. So the immediate idea is... If this individual comes and provides leadership in the student area, that, ob that obviously affects Paul, because Paul's over students right now. But so that Paul would have not, not worship and students, but actually Paul would actually look at worship and small groups. Because right now I'm facilitating small groups, and it's hard to do senior pastor leadership and small groups. It's very difficult to do that. That's when, when I originally came, I was doing small groups. He was lead pastoring. So then when we became co-pastors, that's made that difficult. So... Uh, the person who's doing students would come in and do students, and then Paul would, we would remove students from Paul and then give him small group leadership. So he'd be doing worship in small groups. Yeah. And then um, I can let, you know, Mark can speak to some of his timeline, but he's, uh, he's looking to retire in the next year. And so that is another transition of us, you know, um, figuring out what that looks like and, and who can fit and fill that role. No one can quite fill Mark Symes' role, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and so, yeah, but that will be, we'll be looking at that position as well. Yeah, yeah I'll just testify right there that uh, Mark, Same, Mark Symes has changed my life. <laughs> because uh, when he came in 2015 uh, and <clears throat> took over just such a broad array of things that I was supervising, it just really freed me up and made my ministry so much more effective. <laughs> Marianne says, thank you, Mark. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it is hard to replace Mark, but uh, that Jamie will need the same, he will need to find a person who can basically change his life and keep those, keep those responsibilities well done and mm. uh, in that area of our finances, our property, our preschool, uh, and all of the HR and general office functions that Mark supervises. So it's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, Dennis, I was just wondering, looking back at your time here at MCC, do you have any like series that was like your favorite that you feel like the Lord really worked through? And then along with that, I feel like one of the reasons that I know you're following the Lord is because you're always so even keel and you don't let your emotions lead. So... Is there also any, so you never like gave anything away. Were you ever fatigued during shaping? Or anyone remember shaping? <laughs> or was there any series that you were like, oh man, I got to teach on this again? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for asking. So for, first of all, I, I did have several times where I wanted to quit, just to be honest. And most of those times were... Uh, times when, uh, and it had nothing to do with the preaching, and my, I love teaching the Bible, I love doing series, I love coming up with new ideas of how God could use the scriptures to change us and grow us, but it was the, it was the, it was the personal things, and uh, criticisms and attacks and, you know, all that stuff that happens, it goes with the territory, it was, um, it was one of those things Jerry warned me about, you know, when I started here. Uh, just be, it's the nature of it's the nature of spiritual leadership that when uh, when you love people, when you uh, are a safe person to talk to, they're going to be honest and unafraid, and that includes coming back to you and, and, and telling you how you screwed up and how you hurt them and how you yeah. missed the boat and, you know, all the different things. So uh, I, I think, uh, you know, if I were, Jamie said, if, you're, if you were talking to your 47-year-old self 18 years ago, what advice would you give? I would give the advice of Ecclesiastes 10.4. 
which is that calmness can lay great offenses to rest. Mm. Calmness can lay great offenses to rest. And uh, Marianne has uh, got us reading a book lately, uh, read a book together, listened to a book together called Unoffendable. And it's uh, her desire and mine to become unoffendable. But I can say during the last 18 years, I wasn't unoffendable. <laughs> I, did, I did experience a lot of pain and, and uh, there were just various situations you know, that happened. So um, that just comes with the territory. You know, all of us as Christians have the enemy's target on our back, you know, shooting darts. And that's why we need to put the armor of God on every day. I put the armor of God on every day. Every day, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of readiness, the gospel of peace, shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. You know, and that's the only way. It's the only way. But I, I would like to grow in becoming unoffendable. I think Jesus was like totally unoffendable. And uh, thank God he was. Mm. Um, and as for series, I mean, you know, th here's how a series works. He can attest to this. You get the idea from the Lord, you get all fired up, you write it up, you send it to the <laughs> elders, you get all the elders' feedback, and then you start in, and you're just so fired up. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be totally transform the whole church, the whole city. We're going to have revival. Oh, gosh, it's going to be awesome. And then you preach through the series, and wonderful things happen, but you never quite, you know, you never quite get the... The full, the full thing that you, that you, that you, I'm, I'm an optimist, right? But <laughs> I would say preaching through the whole Bible in 99 days, in 2006, I think that was, that was an epic time because I challenged the whole church to read the whole Bible in 99 days. And people thought I was out of my mind. And ministries would, you know, the men and the women and the small groups would say, well, we, we want to do this book. I said, no, I want you to read the Bible in 99 days. And it's like, are you kidding me? Do you realize what you're asking us to do? Yep, I do. 12 pages a day. Let's do it. So we did it. And oh my gosh, so many people who were in the church so many years, so many decades came into a knowledge of Christ because hmm. they had never read the Bible for themselves. And that, that was so satisfying uh, to know uh, that out of, I think we handed out 200 Bibles, 137 people finished. And of those 137, I think like 12 or 13 came into a knowledge of Christ. And they were all over 60. It was awesome. So I would do that again uh, all day long. And then Revelation was fun. Not only did Luke come up with like the coolest artwork ever for that series, but that was a really, uh, that was really fun because it's a book of the Bible most people are afraid of. And yet it's one of the, you know, on, 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 the level of, on the level of reading it through and what is it saying, it's actually one of the most encouraging and simple Bibles, is Bible books of all, which is Jesus wins, uh, it sucks for Satan, everything's gonna be good, you're right? So, boy, that was so much fun. You know, and, and Marianne and I made a list of our top 10 memories uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago. And so um, I just want to share those with you guys because I, I, it, it's kind of cool. So Wednesday night prayer, which was Marianne's baby, we just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And sometimes we had three people, sometimes we had 11 people. Uh, and then when we started doing worship with Raz here, we had like 40 people. Uh, that was really fun. Uh, the Joy Luncheon. Uh, my wife loves the older ladies of our church. And honoring them and blessing them and encouraging them was something that she loved doing. And the whole staff would join in the lunch. Like, we'd get to eat with everybody, and it was, it was really fun. Uh, mission trips to Casa Hogar and Nigeria and uh, Indonesia. Uh, worship, salvations, baptisms, and healings. I mean, we celebrate. I think I wrote down somewhere every healing that we ever had. It was just so, so special. Uh, Israel trips were fun. Our 25th anniversary party, so that was back in uh, 
2006, we had uh, kind of a surprise for Mary Ann, at least, anniversary party that was a blast. We loved having people staying with us at our Indian Hill house that we had until we moved to Marymount 11 years ago. And we used to do picnics over there, pool party picnics over there. We loved doing that. We loved having people in our house. We loved moving to Marymount and being able to walk everywhere. Um, and especially now we can walk around Marymount and we just know so many people. And we can say hi and pray for them and uh, it's just very special. Uh, the, the sweet fellowship and the prayer and the wise experience of our elders and our wives, that was really a blessing for us. Mm. And then lastly, the surprise party. That was, that was absolutely over the top. <laughs> sweet memories. So I, I wanted to give an encouragement because um, last night I was talking to my friend, um, and she actually used to attend church here, and she said, oh, yeah, I heard you were losing the pastor. And I said, oh, actually, it's a really interesting story. And I found myself kind of telling her about the last few years and kind of what's been happening in our church and how God's been um, opening up um, his spirit to our church and the gifts of the spirit. And um, as I explained this to her, I also told her, so this other guy, Jamie, has come in during that time, and it's been really neat how God has been making this momentum in um, making us a more spirit-filled church um, and giving us new gifts and showing us that he is working and he's living and active in us. And um, Jamie has been, I think, really instrumental um, in this transition that started a long time ago. I think God's been preparing this for before Jamie even came. Um, so anyways, I, I found myself telling this story and at the end of it, uh, just saying that um, God is working and these men are totally different. Jamie's not replacing Dennis, like you said, um, but he's just ushering in a new season. And she came away feeling like, oh, that's really cool, and it is cool. So um, I just want to kind of affirm um, what's been said with that because we're, we're gaining a lot. We're losing a lot. But um, his spirit is just leading our church, and it's wonderful. Mm. Um, alongside of that, I do have a question uh, for Jamie. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about some of the people who are discipling you, some of the influences that are building into your life, and maybe that have been doing that in the past. Um, just so we can kind of get a sense of, besides our eldership, you know, kind of where you're coming from and who's continuing to build. It's been really interesting hearing Dennis talk about some of his influences in the past and seeing how, you know, the Spirit's working on a bigger scale. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious to hear yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so <clears throat> I joke that the, the biggest influence is a guy who's dead. His name is A.W. Tozer, and I joke about talking about him all the time. He's probably one of the most foundational influences for me. And I still read his books. I will still read books that I've already read 15 times, uh, and he still uh, impacts me. Um, so that's like a dead guy, right? Um, in terms of living folks that have, are influencing me now, really some of them, many of them are people here in the city that I've met through Dennis that I'm getting now to, to meet for the first time and for them to really speak into my life. So Jerry Kirk is an example of that. Like Jerry called me this last week and said, hey, I want you to call me and talk to me. Come visit me. He wanted Jess and I to come visit them. So I think very similarly to, you know, Jerry's influence on Dennis, you know, I'm, I'm praying that he'll have that same influence on me. And then other pastors in the city. Um, so Rusty Gevard at North Star uh, has, has spoken into my life a lot. And I really, really respect him and, um, and honor the gift of God on his life and, and continue to meet with him and learn from him. But then also the other area pastors that I've met. So David Smith at North Star, Matt Massey, um, uh, the, the new guy, John Ferguson at Anderson Hills United Methodist Church. So wanting to 
be exposed to the other leaders that are here in the city. So that's, that'd be the main folks. specifically pray for Dennis and Mary in the next six months and for you as you transition while he's actually out of the building. Mm -hmm. Well, for us, I, I think um, on a very practical level, pray that my knee makes it 500 miles across Spain. Um, and um, no, I, I, I just uh, would ask that you know, you guys pray that we receive everything God wants to give us during this sabbatical. And even, even I mean, I'll, I'll be radical. Even if it's another assignment, even if it's like, I want you to move to Timbuktu. Uh, we're, we're leading open-handed on that. We are, you know, we are, we have our sense of what God's been speaking to us. Uh, but, you know, we're praying the prayer uh, be Lord of my life today in new ways. Change me any way you want. So we are praying that prayer earnestly every day. So that's what you could do, that we could just see all and say yes to all that God has for us and that we would say no to anything that isn't from mm -hmm. the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, prayers for Jess and I, um, specifically in the area of wisdom, wisdom, um, and staying really, really close to the Lord. Um, I've, I've served in churches for a long time, and I, um, in church leadership, sometimes it's very easy to trust and rely on our own capacity and skill set. Like, if, you're, if you can communicate, then you start to just rely on natural skill. And um, I think for Jess and I, um, being really, really close to the Lord and relying on him rather than those things. And then wisdom. Wisdom. When I first came here, I thought to myself, who wants to follow Dennis Bosiger? Like, who wants to do that? Nobody wants to do that. In terms of quality of leader, quality of, of uh, pastor, quality of man. Um, so I think for me, it's just wisdom. To be me and to follow the Lord as closely as possible. Um, and, and how that is calibrated, you know, in this new season. So that, that would be the main way. Pray for wisdom. Yep. Burr's got two questions. Oh, okay. I don't know how much longer you wanted to go, but I wanted to pray for you too. Be great. All right. Father, we are a blessed people in this congregation, past, present, and as we have been talking, we certainly expect in the future. And that, Lord, is because you have placed here leadership that has kept its eyes on you and your ways in their lives, in their ministry. And they have imparted unto us immeasurable grace and mercy, just value in our lives across this congregation, and we thank you for that. And Lord, I ask that you would bless each of them in the days ahead, that they would be walking according to the path that you have laid out. They have expressed much of that here this morning, and we pray that you would continue to show them step by step. And we do pray for Dennis's knee, yes. 500 miles, good grief. Yes. Only you, Lord, can do that. And we ask you, too, to bless Jamie as he uh, takes on the full mantle of leadership here in the days ahead, and Jess, and... Uh, we thank you, Father, that uh, we all survived pickleball last night. Oh, my, for those that weren't there, that was the Lord's doing. But we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done through Jamie and Dennis and will do in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Yeah, thank you, Burr. Yeah, and I, I just, uh, I just want to say, I, I uh, I'm so excited. I, you know, I'm excited for what the Lord has for us next, but I'm excited for what the Lord has for Jamie next because uh, I really have come to love and trust Him, and I think He uh, is going to get after God with all His heart, and He will, He will shepherd with skillful hands, and uh, just. As I said in one of my messages, uh, you know, uh, don't, don't do the comparing thing. That's just deadly in the Christian life anyway. But ask, ask the question, and I'm so thankful for your story, Kaylee, because ask the question, what does God want to do uh, by making this leadership change? Mm. What does God want to do? And mm. um, if, we, if we will receive everything God has for us, uh, we will truly be blessed. And uh, so, yeah, amen, man. Amen. And we're, we're, we're excited to, to stay around. I'm excited to see these Erickson kids become teenagers and, uh, and, <laughs> and young adults and, and getting invited to like 500 weddings and uh, being, yeah. able to, being able to dance with Marianne and all these weddings. This yeah. is going to be awesome, you know? It's going to be awesome. So we're <laughs> going to be cheering you guys on for sure. Mm. It's mm. going to be fun. It's really fun. Mm. Um, it's about wrap time, hey? Yeah. Okay. So we thought, just as we're about to wrap up this time, this service, that uh, it would be good if I would just give you a benediction, that I would bless you um, as, we, uh, as we go. And um, uh, this will be uh, next week. I think uh, we'll have a little different feel, but this week, I just want to bless each one of you. Um, I love you so much. I have been changed by your lives. I've been changed. Uh, Marianne and I have grown so much together uh, as God has shaped us here, even in the disappointments, even in the attacks, even in, you know, God has used it all for, for good, and um, my prayer for you is that you would continue to stand firm and, and grow strong. And so my blessing over you as we finish today is the last two verses of the book of Jude. And um, so go on ahead and stand. And now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To him be all glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, as in ages past, right now, and in all time to come. Amen.